everyone. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket Pharma Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Wildner-Higney. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming Kyle Kaiser to the show. Kyle Kaiser is CEO at RX Review, where he leads an agile team in developing innovative solutions that improve patient access to care. At RX Review, Kyle has helped create the nation's largest cost and coverage network between payers, PBMs, providers, and EHR vendors. His focus on interoperability has allowed partners to lower the cost of care, streamline administrative workflows, improve health outcomes, and enable clinically and financially aware prescribing. Prior to joining RX Review, Kyle developed incentive strategies for the country's most innovative employers and led product launches with the nation's largest payers. He was an early employee at WellTalk and Catapult Health as well as a senior leader at Principal Wellness Company. Well, Kyle, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So maybe to kick things off, you could tell me about yourself. What drew you to working in the pharmaceutical value chain? Man, I think healthcare was the draw generally. So I grew up in the health insurance and employee benefits business, literally grew up in it. So my family's business was a benefits brokerage. You know, I got in trouble in middle school and had to go home and stuff enrollment packets. That was that kind of world. And so it's just, you know, I didn't stand a chance. I was going to be in healthcare. And I think there was a hope and expectation to be in the family business. But as I learned more about it, participated more in it, it was kind of disappointing to see how little there was to do about controlling costs. Basically, the only trend at the time, and even now, has been just shifting costs more onto the member. And just felt really compelled to find ways to make that different for the patient, right? Like, how do we help them understand the choices better? Or how do we help them be more empowered to take control of their own health? And so that that led me down a corporate wellness path. And so I've spent a lot of time in corporate wellness world doing points-based incentives with employer-based healthcare, spent some time on-site in employer-based preventive care, and, you know, started, ended up at Arcs Review after that, just because I wanted to go earlier. I participated in a few, as an early employee in a few startups, and just wanted to go earlier and earlier. And that's, you know, where we met. And pharmacy has been an interesting deep dive, even within healthcare. So at the time, living in Denver, and, you know, we had a friend in the neighborhood. She also happened to be the lady that cut my hair. Just like hardworking, worked her tail off, sole proprietor, entrepreneur type woman. And, you know, right when I was, you know, meeting Carm and starting to get involved in this business, or even considering getting involved with this business, she was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. And, you know, went on first line therapy, which is usually methotrexate. And it just wrecked her, you know, just as it does a lot of people. And moved beyond that to, you know, one of the branded therapies in that category might have been something else. And, you know, was under or uninsured at the time and got a $50,000 bill and had no idea it was coming. And it it just felt like, you know, if that can be a surprise to somebody that's so engaged in their health, engaged in their own life, trying to advocate for themselves, then you know, just what does that do for people who aren't as actualized and just felt, felt like this is a problem I wanted to work on after that experience, honestly, just because, you know, it took, took a bunch of time and cycles out of her life. And as a sole proprietor and trying to operate a small business, that stuff can be really consequential to your life and your ability to earn a living and all those things. And so, you know, seeing that firsthand with somebody I cared about just made me want to try and help make that different. So we've been you know, on that journey ever since. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for the listeners too, I think, you know, that story grounded in a personal experience is so important, right? And so many of us are, you know, consumers of healthcare are impacted by the healthcare ecosystem. And we're also working to try to solve that. 
But maybe for the audience, start with a little bit of an overview of what RX Review does and what excites you about what it is that you do. Yeah, so RX Review is focused on providing real-time, patient-specific, location-specific, and moment-in-time-specific insights into prescription decisioning, and even increasingly expanding beyond prescription benefits. So up until very recent history, the way those decisions happened were largely in the dark, right? Doctors chose medications. They didn't understand the cost impact. That information really wasn't available to them and absolutely wasn't available to them in a patient-specified way. And what we've done is we've created direct relationships with the payer and PBM community where we can exchange real-time transactions about a specific moment, member, and pharmacy so that we can get a real-time price coverage restrictions, and any relevant alternatives back, we insert that into the e-prescribing workflow. So this is the last thing that a prescriber sees before they sign the order. And the goal is where possible, we help prescribers choose lower cost drugs or lower cost pharmacies for these patients in alignment with their with their benefits. Wow. And so really empowering the physician or the doctor, the prescribing individual with all the information they need to make the appropriate decision. Is that right? That's right. And, and hopefully the first time, right? The yeah. decades long battle between prescriber choice and health plan formulary is really left the patient as the, the one to hold the bag, right? Yeah. We're, we're left as patients to have to go, go to the pharmacy counter, see the claims denied, see you can't get it. And you have to go figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And our, our goal is to bring that information upstream, empower the physicians with it. And primarily because the trust is between the patient and the provider, right? That's the yeah. most leveraged relationship in the supply chain. People seek out conversations with their prescriber. They tolerate conversations with their health plan, right? And that's just reality, right? I think there. I don't think there's a health plan executive that would argue that. Yeah. And so our goal is to take the quality information, the formulary information, the right site of care type insights, empower that provider with that information so they can make the right choice the first time. Patient benefits, provider benefits, health plan ultimately benefits because we're lowering cost and, and improving adherence. Yeah. And it's easier for the patient, right? They get the right treatment and they get to take control of their health quicker. Uh, that's right. That's admirable. And so what is it that RX Review does that's different from other companies in the space? First, and I think most importantly is, is alignment. There are incumbents that have sort of been in the e-prescribing business or the electronic prior auth business, and they're affiliated with pharmacies or, you know, PBMs or have, they have skin in the game, I guess, is the point of where the prescription is going to end up or how that decision is going to be made. So first for us is neutrality. We've actually gone a long way to make sure that we maintain that, that we're, you know, constantly advocating for uh, patients first, for prioritizing the patient interest always and partnering with providers to accomplish that. And it's because of that trust issue I've already mentioned, right? It's that that's the most powerful relationship in the supply chain. And so that's key and important. We're the only ones that have that orientation in the market. Everybody else has an opinion about where that prescription goes. And honestly, that matters. Second, we've treated it like software, right? Like we've listened to users. We studied users. We understand why it fails and when it fails. And we've improved over time. So what that has allowed us to do is there's a lot of really nuanced and in the weeds descriptions of why transactions fail. A lot of them around quantity or a lot of them around sort of NDC complexities and As a percentage of transactions, those are huge, but often those are really expensive medications. Those are self-injectables, inhalers, creams, you know, places, insulins, places where they're really expensive, high-cost brands or specialty meds. And our competitors don't handle those transactions well. When those transactions fail, 
you miss the opportunity to make a lower cost choice. Yeah. So we've we've gone to extraordinary lengths to make sure that we're expanding our opportunities as, as much as possible so that we always have those opportunities to intervene. And it's it's almost, you know, where the pharma value chain is and a lot of those reasons that the claim fails, you know, it's it's almost like a step before where transparency brings it, right? You don't even, many individuals don't even know what are the variables that could cause a claim to fail, why they missed that opportunity. And you are defining those variables and also actually fulfilling those with discrete values and saying, yep. this is why it failed, let's fix this. And I think that's a really key point. Yeah, absolutely. And so things, so take prior auth, for example, that is the you know universally hated thing for a patient but universally necessary, right? It's the only lever that a lot of health plans have to, to manage cost and drive quality. So what we can create with our solution with SwiftRx Direct, which is our point of care price transparency solution, is the opportunity to avoid those. And you know, being able to process them electronically is, is a good thing. What's better is being able to make the choice that doesn't involve the prior off the first time, or the choice that even if it does involve the prior off is the one that's likely to be cleared. So that, you know, to your point, we can do those things as far upstream as possible. The better experience it is for the patient, the better off the health plan is from a risk perspective. And honestly, it's quite a bit less hassle for the provider and their care team. Yep, that makes sense. And so, you know, scaling out and thinking about where the pharmaceutical value chain is today, what excites you most about that? What are you seeing kind of in the market today? I think there's an opportunity to move where the work happens, right? So today, you know, as you know, there's, there's a lot of work happening in hubs. There's a lot of work happening in the health plans. There's a lot of work happening inside the provider's office and much of it uncoordinated and much of it retrospective, right? So the claim has already been denied and then the race starts to solve the problem. What I think we have an opportunity to do is move to that work. So, you know, whether it's prior auth, it's enrollment, it's medication access barriers, it's ways to pay. Those are all things that we can start to solve in real time, but we can start to inject into the right places and workflow. We can start to suggest, you know, different, basically care paths. They're really not clinical care paths, but they're, you know, supply chain paths, right. To help get that patient from one place to the next, really starting to think about ourselves as a router mm -hmm. is that, you know, there's a lot of cases where a health system is the right place for this prescription to be filled. If we've got a complex patient, we've got someone that's, you know, a hep C patient, that's, you know, somebody with a bunch of comorbidities, there's a great argument to keep that person within that health system to, to have continuity of care, to have an advocate. We can solve some of those problems and, and create a frictionless path to get that done. And then that health system can be better positioned to advocate for that patient in some of the same ways that hubs do that today. You know, hubs do a nice job of organizing some of that information through complete brute force. And what technology is going to create the opportunity for is for us to move that work into the health system so that the provider and the care team can start to do those things at their fingertips. And it's not something that has to happen after the fact, right? We can start to move that into more of a real-time environment. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. It's this shift from being reactive to proactive, right? And really understanding exactly. what the, the patient needs to ensure that they aren't, you know, left uncovered or left in a, you know, exposed position where their health is in jeopardy because the whole system operates in a reactive fashion. Exactly. How do you think this is going to play out though? Kind of looking towards the future, what does this mean for the value chain as a whole? Well, that's a big question. I think, well, there's a few things. I think there's, you know, increasingly 
health plan and PBM integration is just a reality now, right? It's, it's harder yeah. and harder to find it within the PBM. So I think there's closer alignment between UM priorities at the health plan and the implementation of those. I think that's a good thing. That means, you know, patient experience and member experience improves, you know, for some of these higher costs, as you and I have spent way too much time batting back and forth at times, <laughs> there's a ton of value in some of these new, extremely expensive specialty therapeutics, but the, yeah. but the system is maybe incapable of paying for those in a way that makes sense. And absolutely, I think there's a lot of opportunity in how we sort of change how payment works in those scenarios and, you know, hopefully not in even the simple ways of just, you know, creating finance mechanisms for the patient to bear that burden in a different way. I hope yeah. there's ways that this evolves into pay for value and different opportunities for manufacturers and payers and providers and patients to collaborate to make sure that if we're, you know, if you're curing a disease or you're dramatically increasing someone's quality of life, that there's a way for, for the right entities to participate in that and not to leave the patient holding a bag. Absolutely. And so it's, you know, it sounds like some flavor of value-based contracting 2 or 3.0 mixed with some sort of consumer engagement financing mechanism. But I think to your point, it's not just those end solutions solving the payment problems, but a complete paradigm shift of what is paid for, how is value, value accrued and, and also captured to all the key stakeholders. Yep, absolutely. And then you know, to the RX review point is that only increases complexity over time, right? So yep. if we think formularies and utilization management as it exists today is complicated, which it is, and it's you know an impossible problem for a prescriber to solve the you know 40 patients they see in a day and half a dozen or a dozen permutations of formulary and benefit that each of those patients probably represent. That's a hard problem today. But as some of those things that, that we're talking about become a reality, which are not that far away, frankly, um, tools like ours are going to have to be there to manage that complexity, right? Absolutely. There's going to be a trusted technology at the point of care that helps relieve some of the burden and cognitive load that's going to be created by that com complexity. And we're really mm -hmm. only just we're trying to help the prescriber think about the clinical decision only. And then once that clinical decision is assured, we want to be there to manage the complexity associated with that as it relates to the benefits and the benefit design and formulary and price and where to fill and all those things. So as that complexity increases, we'll be there to, to meet that need. I love it. Absolutely love it. And so you're kind of thinking about back to where the industry is today. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing across your partners and, and really kind of more broadly? It's probably twofold. One is consistency, I guess, and capability. This is true in both pharmacy and medical benefit transactions for us right now is just moving from one pair to the next. There's some that are way far ahead and there's some that are just catching up and there's some that are just not compliant yet with the types of data exchanges that are required to achieve this. Yep. So that's going to be rate limiter. Probably even before that, one rate limiter for the whole industry, frankly, is there's a sole source of eligibility for pharmacy. And that's a choke point on innovation in the industry. That's just a hard stop, right? Like that is just true, is that think about what has to happen for successful real-time benefit. We, ha we have to know Kyle's associated with this health plan and this formulary so that we know where to send the transaction. Once we know where to send the transaction, we can have a real-time price delivered, alternative delivered, formulary exceptions delivered. Well, if that eligibility data is not available, it's not possible to send that transaction. So, you know, more liquidity in eligibility yep. data, I think is a really important thing to happen for the industry. And and it's frankly within the it's within the uh, the rulemaking capability 
of CMS as they look to implement the real-time benefit rule that passed 1-1. So I think those, those are probably the two big ones. On the payer side, the provider side is, is largely engagement related. And I think it's less, you know, sort of technological implementation and more education and awareness mm-hmm. uh, of the prescriber, right? If you've spent 25 years as a provider using an EMR, and honestly, ignoring the formulary benefit data that was in there because it hadn't been right in your entire career. Yep. And then suddenly we show up with a new price insight and say, hey, you should pay attention to this. It takes a bit of convincing at times to say, here's this new insight. Here's why it's important. Here's why it's better. Here's why it's reliable. Here's why you can trust it. You know, it's simple stuff. But I, I think that re-earning the trust of the provider user as an industry is something that we've got to look towards as an opportunity. And we've, we've made a lot of progress on that with our users. Also really important as to why we've, you know, come in alongside providers as, you know, as our investors, as our collaborators is because we want to, we want to understand what that takes because ultimately the, the value only occurs if we can change provider behavior and referral yeah. patterns only change if we change provider behavior at the point of care. Otherwise we're sort of chasing a rabbit that's already getting away. Yeah. And I think it's the earning of trust, but then to your second point, it's also building new patterns of behavior, kind of a change management component wrapped around that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And so maybe to wrap things up, if you give the the listeners a closing thought and the best place where they can collaborate with you. Well, for us, I mean, I think if I'll do a, a recruiting plug first is that we've, you know, we're growing fast and we, uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of ambition. So, you know, for those that are in the industry and, you know, passionate clinical pharmacists that understand data or, you know, passionate business development folks that care deeply about the, the value chain and want to see it be different. We want you on our team. We've got a, a phrase, a mantra within the company called Lucy Up. And this is referencing our, you know, physician founder, Kevin O'Brien, who's a physician in Denver. The way this thing started, as I'm sure you remember, the, yep. you know, he was just trying to save money for his mom. His mom had a eight or $900 monthly spend for her, for her meds. And he's, you know, said, well, you can split these into parts. You can do these things differently and these things differently and help cut her prescription spend in half. And that's the initial inspiration for the company is just, you know, son trying to help his mom solve problems so she can manage her care. And her name was Lucy. So Lucy Up is our mantra. You'll see that around our, our website and our gear and our social media presence. And that's the thing that's most exciting to me about this team and, and the, the folks I get to work with is that they are entirely uncompromising on purpose. We're all here because we want to make this better. And so one is shameless plug. We want more of those type of people on the team. And, you know, to find us, we're, you know, increasingly on Zoom like everyone else, but we're hopeful that that's changing, but we're collaborating with providers actively. So it's spending a lot of time with the Academy. And I think we've, we would love to find, you know, these provider-led health plans and leading integrated delivery networks that want to think about things differently. We're, we're always looking for those types of collaborators too. So those are my two plugs. I love it. And I can confirm RX Review is very mission-driven as an organization overall, and you are accepting applications, I assume, across <laughs> the board. So hopefully you get a deluge of applicants after this podcast is released. That's true. Well, Kyle Kaiser, I always enjoy chatting with you. It was a pleasure having you on the show and have a wonderful day. All right, Kyle. It's always a treat.